Hi, I'm Carmen LaBurge. Thanks for listening to the podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge. Indeed, today is the day. Today is the day the Lord has made. We are rejoicing. We are glad in it. Oh, what's on your uh, What's in your rut today? I, you know, I, I hate to describe it that way. What's in your rhythm? What's on your plate? What are you doing in the world today that you're doing as just a part of the rhythm of your life? Something that you are um, that you're doing on a regular basis. And you've kind of lost sight of the miraculous in the midst of the mundane. That's what I want to encourage you to um, to look for today. So you may say to yourself, you know, today I'm going to be cleaning house. I'm going to be changing diapers. I'm going to be driving around. Um, all of this is very mundane. It has become routine. And it feels a little bit sometimes not only like a rhythm, but like a rut. And let me just say to you, there's a melody in that. Like there's like when we talk about rhythm, right, if I were just to throw that word out there, music would come to mind. And so what's the melody in the mundane? And then look beyond the melody to the reality of the miraculous. It is miraculous that you have a baby whose diaper you get to change. Now, I know that sounds on on the surface. Now you're like you've just like snorted your coffee out through your nose. Um, but it it is that that little person is a miracle absolutely no question about it now are they troublesome and do they they are expensive and um they cry a lot yes they're a snotty mess i recognize that um but they're also a sacred trust for as long as we have them in whatever condition they arrive um for as long as as we get to be the people who in god's stead hold that other human life in our hands and in our custody and under our care, that's a miracle. That is a, is it not a miracle that God trusts us with babies? Like that's a miracle. And so uh, maybe your mundane today is that uh, you are, you know, you're getting up, you're going to uh, maybe a job you don't love um, and you are, you know, feel like you're just putting in your time. Um, I want you to look for one thing today. Look for one thing in the midst of the mundane that you can acknowledge is actually miraculous. It's actually miraculous. Like it is, it is extraordinary that God is not only present, but that he has prepared good works in advance for you to do in that space today, in what feels like a rut. It's a rhythm. So look for the melody. Look for the miracle. Um, sing the song, Right. And let your own life song sing. That's not just a really cool contemporary uh, Christian song to let my life song sing. That's actually an attitude toward life. Like I want my life song to sing to others in such a way that they would what? That they would that they would see God, that they would glorify God, not that they would see me, um, but that they would see God and his goodness and his greatness and his glory and his generosity. So all of those uh all of those things are set before us as opportunities today, even in the rut. And look around for the other people who are living in the same rhythm you're living in, but who do not know the Lord. 
Because trust me, for them, it is toilsome. It's toilsome. And it doesn't, it doesn't include the joy that you and I experience uh, day to day in, in what we can move from uh, the rut to the rhythm. Hey, um, do I have Nicole Phillips on the line? And have I forgotten that she's with me for a moment of kindness this morning? I'm so sorry. Nicole, Nicole, welcome. Uh, I completely forgot that you were waiting for me right there. Uh, we love to hear a kindness story from you every, uh, every single week. What kindness story do you bring us today, my friend? Oh, hi, Carmen. Well, I, I had a woman email me and tell me that she did something new, a new fantastic act of kindness. She went through the drive-in of a, a grocery store, and a young guy came out, and he's loading her groceries. She had two carts full, just a ton of stuff. So she said, you know, I got out, and I helped him load the stuff, which, A, that was kindness in itself. That was sweet. And she said, and then I gave him five bucks. And she said, he said, no, 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 I can't take tips. So she kind of just tucked it in his shirt and said, go buy yourself a sub and got back in the car and drove away. Well, she was feeling really great about that. So she called her friend in Iowa and she was telling her, like, this is so, this was really fun. You should try this sometime. The friend in Iowa said, I have a really good friend I have made through the drive up of the grocery store. She said, because one time, she tips the guy $50, and imagine this. He never forgot her, right? And so now this guy goes back to Haiti sometimes. He'll bring her coffee from his homeland, and they've just struck up a beautiful friendship between this, this man and even his little boy and their family. And so it's funny what can happen when, you know, you take what, what were you saying, your rut of life, you know, wherever you are, and you share your love of God and your love of kindness with people who kind of intersect with you. I love that. I love that. So a person who is, you know, rolling out the groceries um, to you in, in, you know, in what has become, you know, the rhythm of getting groceries every week, right? Um, right. It, it, that is an opportunity for an encounter. My sister does this, by the way, in the drive-thru at her McDonald's where she goes um, to get her um, uh, her large coffee with uh, three creams and three equals. And so they just know oh, her as three three cream, mean? three equals. Like, right, they know her as three creams, three equals. And so three creams, three, I know. And so, like, she, like, wasn't there on a day or whatever. And the next day, the gal was like, you weren't here yesterday, three creams and three equals, right? And so and so, because, like, they missed her, you know, she started really joyfully engaging with them. Um, and ultimately, that gal who was in the drive-thru um, invited my sister to this this um this event where McDonald's was giving her a college scholarship and wow. she told my I mean this is so weird right that you would invite a customer who you knew through the drive through as three creams and three equals but she said the consistency of my sister showing up and to her simply smiling at her and asking her how her day was and those kinds of things like kept her engaged and going to a job yeah. that she didn't love but with the promise of, you know, if I stick this out, I'm I'm going to get one of these McDonald's scholarships. So anyway, cool, right? Like there, it's oh it's the God. it is the little things. It is literally the little oh. things. Hey, I can introduce you um, on email to Three Creams and Three Equals, and she can share that story with you. I would love that. Please do, Carmen. <laughs> that is awesome. You the and you make and a big difference. Yeah, Nicole Phillips and Three Creams Three Equals. The two of you would like each other a lot. <laughs> I like it already. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Hey, thank you. We'll talk to you next week. We really appreciate it. You guys can check her out at NicoleJPhillips.com. We'll be right back.
So uh, a lot of the conversation that takes place in our culture today um, is at the intersection of our relationships. If we're if we are white, they are in our relationships uh, with people of color and trying to understand what our brothers and sisters in Christ who are people of color are experiencing in the culture today um, is is important. And you and I have to keep asking um, because it is this is a conversation that's not going away. And we as Christians need to not only engage in it, but we need to learn um, how to engage in this conversation in order that we might lead the culture in a conversation that is healthier than the one we are currently having. So, you know, you heard uh, at the top of the of the news, at the top of this hour um, that the president uh, has been attacking the city of Baltimore in that racial ethnic minorities, particularly African-Americans, feel certainly targeted by uh, the comments that the president has made there, his characterization of the city of Baltimore um, and why he has characterized the city in that way. Obviously, African-Americans have then responded. You also heard that pastors uh, gathered, African-American pastors gathered uh, in at the White House. They've had conversations with the president. The word racist continues to come up. These are not conversations that are going away. The question is, are they conversations into which we are leaning and conversations that we are learning to lead? Are these conversations into which we are leaning and are they conversations we are learning to lead? The person who helps us lean into and ultimately lead these conversations is Justin Gibney from the AND campaign. Uh, do, I, do I have Justin on the line? All right. Well, we don't have him quite yet. So um, so Justin and I uh, are uh, are engaged in an ongoing conversation, both on and off the air. You can find you can find what he talks about at the crux and the call dot com. You can also find him at the and campaign. And if you're like me, uh, you were disturbed this week to read about a woman in North Carolina who um, at a bonefish grill, which is a restaurant, um, she. She found the behavior of other patrons offensive. And instead of, you know, doing what others of us might have done, um, which which might have been uh, that we would have either just like let it go or rolled our eyes or whatever, or said it lifted up a prayer, right? Um, change me, God. Um, or, you know, ask ask somebody at the restaurant to intervene. I mean, there's all kinds of ways that if, you know, if your experience um, is being disrupted, there are all kinds of ways that you can respond. The way this woman chose to respond was that she went over to the table of these other patrons who happened to be African-American women, and she um, accused them, I guess that is the word, of being, you know, inappropriately loud and disruptive. And, and the, these women were, you know, having a genuinely good time. And enjoying themselves and enjoying their evening out like any of us might do. I don't know. Have you ever been have you ever been in a restaurant at a table where you were too loud? I have. I have been this person. I have been the person who was too loud. I have certainly been with the group that was too loud. I have certainly been with the family that was too loud. I have a loud brother in law. I had a loud dad. Um, I remember one experience as a kid. This happened in a in a restaurant. Uh, it was called the, I can't remember the number, maybe 94th Aero Squadron. And it was in an old, air, it was an old airplane hangar over at the Clearwater Airport, and which now is like a real airport, um, but it was not then. And so they had a restaurant in there, and my dad, that was one of the places that, like, he loved to go. So there was a big group of people, and they were at a very large round table, 
and you know the place is full of other uh people enjoying their evening but i guarantee you my dad was the loudest guy in that whole place i guarantee you now part of my dad's enthusiasm was how many other people can we get involved in what we're doing um but also you know i can imagine how some other people who might have been out for a nice evening um would have found his way of engaging inappropriate at one point i remember him climbing on i i know like in hindsight i can't even believe i'm telling this he climbed onto the center of the table and he started unscrewing the light bulbs in the chandelier because there were too many of them. It was too bright. And frankly, it was hot. And so, you know, he was kind of a solutions-oriented guy and so hopped up on the table and uh, started unscrewing the light bulbs. Now, if he'd have been a black guy and there had been a white guy like this woman in North Carolina, um, my guess is everybody in the restaurant would not have just laughed at what had happened. So when we think about our own experiences and we think about the way we are engaging the culture, I do want you to, like, have the empathy conversation. Like, look yourself in the mirror and say to yourself, when have I been inappropriately loud? When have I been in the group that's been inappropriately loud? And um, and how did that, you know, how did that affect other people? And did I care? That's really the conversation that I think needed to be had at the Bonefish Grill. How does my behavior affect your behavior? And how maybe can I just get in on the party? Uh, and for those of you who are texting in, no, actually, uh, my dad is not still alive. He died when I was a teenager, but thanks for the question. And you would love to meet him. And if you want to meet him, you got to be a Jesus follower because the Jesus followers are all going to get to meet Larry one day. All right. Hey, I got to take a quick break. When we come back, I'll be talking about something. This is Carmen. You're listening to Mornings with Carmen, and we'll be right back. You are listening to Mornings with Carmen. I am your host, Carmen LaBerge, and I am all by myself, but that's okay. I mean, I'm not really by myself. Nat is here, but Nat and I didn't plan to talk about anything. So other than he did get a letter, which we talked about. So yesterday we talked about the fact that letters of encouragement are such a great and wonderful gift. And then yesterday you got home and you received a letter. Yeah, it was like the most wonderful thing. I went and got the mail. It was the last thing I did in the day, and I opened it during supper, and it just turned my whole day around. Okay, so you call the evening meal supper, not dinner. Uh, is yeah, dinner the is dinner the noontime meal? Uh, no, dinner is. Is there lunch? Sunday, do you not have only? dinner? I don't oh. know. Dinner is Sunday only. I, I'm it's, really it's, just generally confused. Mm, we don't have tea. At least we're not dealing with that. So there you go. True. true. Okay, Nat. Thank Could you. Uh, thank you so much for running the board this week. By the way, <laughs> no problem. Really it's my delight. It. Um, Okay, so here are some headlines that I read this morning that I was not going to have the opportunity to get to, and now I have the opportunity to get to them. There is an ongoing conversation among the media about how to cover the president. And it's an interesting conversation because they have to use moral language and moral categories, and then they have to have a conversation among themselves about how do we determine what is and isn't moral when we do not in any way, shape, or form want to be characterized or seen as people of religion or religious people? This is a fascinating uh, conversation. If I were eavesdropping, I would love to hear this conversation taking place and just to get to sit at the next table and like eavesdrop on these journalists as they are seeking to have a conversation about needing to use moral categories. They, they clearly know they need to be having moral conversations because they want to use words like evil or they want to use words like amoral or they want to use words like, uh, well, there's a whole list of words they'd like to use. And every time they use one of those words, all the rest of us raise our hands and say, 
What do you mean by that? And how do you or how are you defining good against what standard are you defining what is good? And they're saying, well, everybody knows what is good. And we're like, um, no, no. The only people who know what is genuinely good, what is ultimately good, what is good by in every time and place are people who actually know God, who defines good. Like you cannot define evil without defining good and you cannot define good without God. I know, I know it's wordplay, but it's actually in the word good. So um, when we talk about what is good or what is mo- and what is morally good, how do you answer the question? How do you answer the question of moral goodness and therefore moral evil or moral depravity? Well, now that gets us into a conversation about sin, does it not? When we talk about depravity, we're talking about sin. We're talking about a departure from that which is good. The, um, there are three what are called uh, transcendental virtues, goodness, beauty, and truth. And they exist because of who God is. And so in creation, there is goodness, beauty, and truth because creation is God's manifestation. It's God's act. It's God's ex- the expression of God's will. Um, and so there's goodness, beauty, and truth in creation. And in the book of Romans, Paul says, you know, there's enough evidence in creation itself. We call this general revelation. There's enough evidence of God's goodness, beauty, and truth in creation itself that you're really without excuse if you deny him. But then there is what we call special revelation, and that is Jesus. And 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 you and I have then uh, the scriptures of the Old and New Testaments, which by God's design, bear authoritative witness to who he is, his character, uh, and his uh, and his action in the context of human history, particularly in relationship to a particular people, his redemptive plan. And so uh, if you have access to the special revelation, Jesus, and the scriptures of the Old and New Testament, I mean, you're really without excuse. And so let me just encourage you today to be a person who recognizes uh, goodness and what is good. And if you have to have to ask, um, you know, well, what is good? You know, I hope that you also immediately follow up and just say, um, Jesus is good. Like, I know what is good because I know God. And I therefore also know what is not good or what is evil. And I am able to sort through and discern in the course of my day uh, that which is good and that which is evil. And hopefully by the power of the Holy Spirit, make the choice for good. Make the choice for good. Every single time, in every single moment, in the warp and woof of life, in the rhythm of life, in the rut, in the mundane, because if you are able to discern what is good and then you are actually able to live it, you have done the miraculous in the context of a fallen and broken world. All right, let's take uh, let's take one more quick break um, and then we'll be back. Hi, I'm Neil Stavum, manager of Faith Radio. And now that we're in the middle of summer, I'm reminded that we live in the land of seasons. Right now, there's a lot more hot than cold and more sun than clouds. But regardless of the season, the Apostle Paul reminds us to share the gospel. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word in season and out. One translation tells us to keep our sense of urgency. Here at Faith Radio, we're committed to preaching and teaching God's word daily, consistently, faithfully. And it's your prayer and financial support that enable us to fulfill this mission. And many of you partner with us as ongoing monthly givers, funding the ministry through every season. Those of you who stand with us day in and day out, thank you. Your gifts provide the financial base to keep Faith Radio strong. 
And if you're ready to join our support team and keep Faith Radio spreading the good news, make a gift today at MyFaithRadio.com or call 877-93-FAITH. Thanks. is in the house. Peter, man, welcome back. Hey, it's always great to be in the mornings with you, Carmen. Okay, so I have a little uh, listener business to uh, to accomplish. And because you used to host the show, you know that sometimes you just have to do a little listener business. So Jessica, uh, Jessica from Bryan, Texas, you texted, texted in entering for a book. Because I don't know what book you want, I'm going to send you mine. <laughs> I love that idea, and, Carmen. And I think we should just make that a, an open offer. Anybody who wants a copy of, of Speak the Truth, How to Bring God Back into Every Conversation, if you text in during this half hour, I'll send you my book. We've never featured my book on the show, and so we've never given it away. So I think we should do that. So I wrote a book called Speak the Truth, How to Bring God Back into Every Conversation. And if you want a copy, you should just text me during this half hour. 877-933-2484, or you can email me, Carmen, at MyFaithRadio.com. And like, Jessica's going to get one because I don't know what book she's asking for, so I'm sending her mine. How's that? I love that, Carmen. I think anybody that texts book into the studio, we just send them <laughs> automatically the Carmen book. This is a perfect idea. <laughs> Anyhow, whatever, we don't know what they're asking for, so we're just going to send them Carmen's book. Whatever. I think it's perfect. Who, yeah, okay. So I want to talk about grasshoppers. Oh, my gosh. Somebody from the 218 area code just texted the word book. You are getting a copy of Speak the Truth. Okay. So uh, grasshoppers, um, when, we, when we read of the plagues in the Old Testament, um, we like to think that will never happen again. And yet there is some sort of plague of grasshoppers in Sin City, which we also know as Las Vegas. What do you know about this? Yeah, well, I saw some of the headlines in this, Carmen. They said literally when you looked at the live weather radar, you could see two different red blotches hovering over the city of Las Vegas. And one was a legitimate storm, and I'm not making this up. The other red blotch that looked like a torrential thunderstorm on the radar was actually the sort of plague of grasshoppers. I think millions and millions and millions of grasshoppers have descended upon Las Vegas. And apparently they've been displaced or a little bit confused because Las Vegas has gotten twice the amount of rain as usual. So their migration patterns has taken them a little out of whack and they've, they figure they'll be in Vegas uh, for about the better part of two weeks or so. And you can literally measure them a couple inches deep up to car tires and flying around all over the place. It's fascinating to see. Have you ever eaten a grasshopper? I have never. I mean, grasshopper pie, I assume, is not grasshopper. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think no, so no. either. No, but there people eat grasshoppers. Uh, that's my like, understanding. I, yeah. I feel like there's a bounty to be had if people want to go harvest the grasshoppers. <laughs> because, um, okay, so the weather people, it, it's curious to me that it's the weather people who are reporting on this, first of all. And um, here was something that I learned. I did not know that the weather people out there, the meteorologists, they, they measure what are called biological targets, echoes of biological targets, birds, bats, and bugs, in addition to measuring all the other stuff that's going on out there, like lightning and water, like rain and I don't know, whatever else they measure. But did you know that they measured birds and bats and bugs? No. I didn't know that was a weather thing. I saw the same information, Carmen, and I was a little surprised by that. I had no idea that, A, that they would show up on the radar like this. I I obviously don't know how meteorology works, but it it was surprising to me that they could measure with the same instruments sort of these biological realities that, again, might be coming in herds or coming in swarms like they are right now. And uh, they, they do say the grasshoppers that are descending upon the city are completely 
completely uh, harmless to human beings. So for those people that might be thinking this is evidence of God's judgment upon Sin City, that might be a big of a, a bit of a leap, uh, according to what's going on. They're going to bail within a couple of weeks. They're not going to do any harm. But there certainly is that association, isn't there? You sort of make that whenever you Absolutely. see sort of all of this wildlife descend somewhere. Uh- Absolutely. So let's just remind people that we have plagues uh, in Egypt in the days of the Pharaoh when uh, when Pharaoh would not agree to let God's people go. We're talking here, obviously, about Moses. If you want to be reminded of where this is, we're talking about Exodus chapters, I don't know, like 7 through 11. We've got the plague of blood, frogs, lice or gnats, wild animals or flies. That might have been the grasshopper one. Pestilence of livestock, boils, thunderstorms. Uh, in a hail of fire, locusts, that also might have been grasshoppers, darkness for three days, and then the death of the firstborn. I mean, you know, we're talking about, uh, you know, biblical stuff. And so when we're trying to help people reconnect the eternal with the everyday, why doesn't everybody go and reread the plague narrative um, and then just consider, you know, what it looks like to just go ahead and get on God's side. Don't be (laughs) stiff-necked. Don't be hard-hearted. Because uh, we don't want these plagues descending upon us, our book giveaway is going like gangbusters. Bob Blair, no, sorry, Barb Blair, Deborah, Valerie, Kathy, Melanie, Kim, Judy. It's scrolling off my screen. Oscar, you're all getting books. Valentine, sending you books, sending you copies of Speak the Truth. All right, we're taking a break. <laughs> All right, I have some personal updates um, from listeners. Um, First of all, Oscar Diaz, uh, um, they got caught in Portage, Wisconsin, in what they are describing as a locust storm. He has sent us a picture of their car covered with locusts. That's just disgusting. (laughs) And yet, apparently, the uh, pestilence is not just in Sin City. Um, uh, The the road was actually slippery. Okay, that's just gross. We have had like 20 people, Peter, respond to... Hey, if you want a copy of Carmen's book, you should just text Carmen or really anything uh, to the text line, which is 877-933-2484. So I'm going to be a busy beaver addressing (laughs) books, sending books to people. But I think that anybody that wants a book should have a book. Do you agree? I love it. I mean, my understanding is is that you have all these books in your home right now, and you're actually going to be licking the stamps here later today (laughs) and sending them out from your home address. (laughs) Yeah, well, they'll, they will come from the post office in Kingston Springs, Tennessee, that's for sure. I mean, I will have to haul them to the post office. But, yes, that's, for, that's absolutely and, – and anybody that wants one. Like, we've never given away Speak the Truth, which is the book I wrote, on the show, and it seems time to do that. And, obviously, people think they want one. So if you want a copy of Speak the Truth, today's the day to get it. This is not even a drawing. No. This is literally any – but this is a y'all come. This is a anybody, straight giveaway. This is a straight-up giveaway. Anybody that wants a copy of Speak the Truth, all you have to do is text me, 877-933-2484, or email me, carmen at myfaithradio.com. Peter, you and I had all kinds of things we were going to talk about, and instead we're just talking about bugs and giving away my book. Yeah, this is one of the more interesting uh, segments that I've seen. And actually, I literally, Carmen, just got a text here in studio. uh, It says book on my phone as well. And so, but you know, you're going to have to do a loaves and fishes things with this because you are going to run out of books here pretty quickly. No, no, I'm not going to run out of books. I've never, that is not possible. Anybody that's ever written a book knows the author actually never runs out of books. I love that. Hey, when we, uh, we have to take a break because I, I, I did a really poor job managing the show a few minutes ago. So this break will be very short, very brief. Um, Peter Kapsner and I, when we come back, we are going to 
I don't know, can we do something serious or do I need to find something else? Like I'm not doing either one of the serious things that you and I had planned to talk about. I'm going to, I am during the break, I'm going to find something else that is light and joyful for us to talk about. Is that okay? I love it. I'll try to hit the curveball when it comes my way. Okay. There'll be a surprise, surprise conversation between Peter Kapsner and Carmen LeBurge. That's up next here on Mornings with Carmen. Keep those texts rolling in. I love it. 877-933-2484. Almost feels like a false share. In reverse. All right, welcome back to this um, really exciting morning on Mornings with Carmen. Peter Kapsner is in the house, and Peter Kapsner and I are spontaneously giving away copies of Speak the Truth, which is a book I wrote, How to Bring God Back into Every Conversation. And this has really um, taken flight, Peter. We have lots of listeners who have texted in. Really, maybe an overwhelming number, but who cares? It's a straight-up giveaway if you want a copy of Speak the Truth. Today's the day to text in 877-933-2484 or email me if you're listening to this as a podcast. If you're listening to this later in the day and you're thinking, I can't text because she won't get it. It's not live during the show. We'll still give them to you. You just have to email me, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. Well, I think at latest count, we're up to about 50, just about 50 copies, right? That's fabulous. It's so crazy. (laughs) I love it. It's so crazy. You asked me earlier, like, where are they? Where do you, where does a person keep? So I broadcast every day from what we, what we call at our house, the She Shed, also the Radio Shack. It's this little building. And um, this little building has like uh, a loft and the loft is just filled with boxes of books, Speak the Truth, and my husband's book as well, which is How to Build a Beautiful Life. Um, how to apply scripture to everything that you do. So we'll give that away on a different day because I don't have his permission to give away copies of his book. <laughs> but I'm giving away my book. There you go. Okay, Peter, here's some random headlines that I came across uh, during the break. Great. Um, I'm kind of excited about this. An Arkansas mom went into a Payless, which, you know, Payless is going out of business, so they're all closing. They're having these crazy closing sales. And while they were in there getting her own daughter's shoes, her daughter was like, hey, can we get a pair for my friend? She's always wearing shoes that are too small. Her mom's like... Absolutely. Then they realize they don't really know that child's shoe size. So she says to the, you know, to the checkout person, well, what if I just buy all the shoes, all the shoes that are left? Well, there were 1500 pairs of shoes left. And this Arkansas mom bought them all and is now giving them to kids for, for school, going back to school. That is phenomenal. And, you know, I think, Carmen, there's more stories like this than we know about. I, and, and you and I have to follow the news cycle just because of the roles that we have. But the news cycle tends to trend towards the negative or what are considered to be the sort of the shocking headlines. But I heard a story just uh, from a friend of mine last week. His wife went down into Honduras and ended up meeting some people as a result of some of the mission work that their entire church is doing. And, Carmen, I had no idea there was a church of about 200 people, and they're regularly taking people that have legitimate asylum claims that otherwise are going to be kicked out of the country uh, if they don't find a reasonable place to live and to work within a year or so. And the church is taking these families in one after another after another. And my friend, who's a tennis coach at a local university here nearby, he and his wife are driving from Minnesota down to Texas. They're going to pick up a family that they do not know with three kids. So five of them, uh, they're going to bring them back. They already have networks of people that are providing jobs and providing a place to live. And, And I think the more that we can talk about these kinds of stories, that's a phenomenal story about somebody buying up all the shoes at Payless and beginning to give them away. Yeah, there's a lot of problems in the world, but there's also a lot of good and inspiring people in the world. Absolutely. There's a woman in Houston who just celebrated her 110th birthday. It's unusual that in People Magazine you get a testimony about Jesus, but when they ask her, like, to what do you attribute your longevity? She's like, Jesus? Hmm. Like, that is, like, you know, she's like responding like, that's the dumbest question I've ever heard. 
the Lord has his hand on my life. It is the Lord's will that I live. There you go. I, you know, and I love that too. And, and I think when I, when I think about longevity too, one of the passages of scripture I've never actually studied, but I'm sure that many of our listeners are familiar with it. And some may have even this studied it as well. This is always a really good way. This is always, this is a really good way on Christian radio to start a conversation. It There's is. There's a passage of scripture that I've never really studied. Yeah, I know, right? Well, you know, there's, there's a bit of scripture out there, Carmen, from what I understand. And I, and I grew up thinking I knew all of scripture, which basically meant I knew the 15 verses that Awana taught me at that point in time and thought I had it locked down. And that's not bad. But boy, when I was just reading the the book of Ruth this morning, because I have to teach on it this Sunday at our church, and uh, and I was just amazed at what's all in that story. At, at one point in the story, Ruth uh, is being given wine and bread to dip uh, as part of the celebration in Ruth chapter 2 and 3. And I was just amazed at how that was a precursor to communion. And I was beginning to think, what what does this actually mean in terms of what Jesus was even up to and why we celebrate communion as we will this Sunday at church? But back to the story of a hundred and 10 years old, I'm fascinated. Why did God decide to limit the life to people to 120 years? And is that an actual 120 years? Because it seems to me, and, and you see the headlines, every once in a while, there's somebody like out of India or Bangladesh or something that's 126 years old. So how do we understand scripture in light of that? And is God in charge of all of our days in the way that we perceive him to be? I don't know, but I the text line is crazy. Who even knew that there were 100 people listening? Uh, and and there is it lighting like, up right absolutely it's just so crazy um so yes i might have to live 100 years to fulfill all of these requests <laughs> for books but it so i just you know thank you to the person in new brighton who just texted in it's be kind of fun to just scroll down and see where all these people are from but we don't exactly have time to do that but um margaret mary Corey, uh some of these people's names i can't see cuz they're hidden behind their phone numbers but 317 uh gail Cheryl, um uh, Jen, Jan, uh, Lena, Jane, 218-952-612-605-301-952, Sharon. You guys are all getting books. Everybody's getting a book. So if you want a book, text it. Oh, the book. It, because if you just tuned in, you're like, what book is she giving away? Ha ha. She's giving away her own book, which we've never done. And it seems time. So if you want a copy of Speak the Truth, How to Bring God Back into Every Conversation by moi, Carmen LaBerge. Uh, we're giving away copies today. All you have to do is text 877-933-2484. You can email me if you're listening to this as a podcast, Carmen at MyFaithRadio.com. Peter Kapsner is my conversation partner. And all I'm doing is throwing him curveballs because once we started uh, giving away the books, it didn't seem legit to then turn to like the really serious subject matter that Peter and I had planned to talk about today. So we're going to push that off to a different day. Um, Peter, I feel like you're probably available to come back later in the week and um, join us again for like the serious substantive conversations that we planned on having. Yeah, it's summertime here, Carmen. And so it's not like I'm in the classroom or doing anything like that. I can show up just about any time and give away books. We could talk about we, we need to talk How? on Thursday just to preview ahead of time. Right. The whole Josh Harris uh, situation. Oh, you know what? That's going to be a about... great conversation. We could preview that a little bit. OK, so the, they have heard about this in the you know in the headline lead up at the front of the hour. Um, Joshua Harris is a is a very, very recognizable name um, for having written I Kissed Dating Goodbye. And he has now um, not only given up his marriage, um, he's not only left his wife, he has left the Lord. He has renounced his Christian faith. And so Peter and I are going to talk about that on um, on Thursday. Peter's going to come back and we're going to talk uh, on air on Thursday about that subject.
And I, it's you know we talked about it as a family a, a little bit last night, Carmen, and uh, it's disturbing. It's it's there's a, there's a lot of nuances. There's a lot of really big parts of this headline that we need to discuss. We chatted about it with our 17 year old daughter about what it means for somebody who's had such a significant and substantive influence in God's kingdom to then walk away and to do so in the way that he did. And I'm guessing that there's going to be another book coming because a, a person in his line of work is going to be making money they're living through writing books from doing blogs and podcasts, and and he's very influential. And I think if we don't get ahead of this story a little bit, there's going to be a lot of people that probably feel some of the angst that I'm guessing he has felt in his life but don't choose to go the direction that he's gone. And so what does it mean to... Uh, end up in a place where maybe your marriage is failing or things are not working out in your life the way that you think that they should, and that you can take a different pathway from there that doesn't involve then giving up God, giving up faith, giving up your family. What does it mean to press into those hard places in life and come out richer for the experience? Absolutely. Um, So let me just thank you in advance for coming back on Thursday and talking with us again. Um, By then, I I promise I'll have the whole list of people who have have texted in for the book. (laughs) And yes, let me assure you, Jason is concerned that maybe we are out of books. Jason, Jason, there's no chance I'm running out of books. So you're getting a book. Uh, Tim, you're getting a book. Paul, you're getting a book. Uh, 860-608-612-605. Arcelli. Arcelli has a fun name. Where's Arcelli live? Let me click on this one. Just because, you know, sometimes somebody's got like a fun name and I want to, uh, let, I don't know. Okay, Arcelli, you might love a copy of the book, but your text message is insufficient. I need an address. Okay, you have to text your address. Oh, see, now I have messed them up, right? Yeah. We Did told them just to the text addresses? book. So, okay, you have to text your a physical mailing address if you want me to mail you a book. Otherwise, yeah, I can't text a book to a phone number. So. Uh, if you've already texted and you didn't text your mailing address, please do so. If you still want a book and you haven't texted yet, when you text, could you text me your physical mailing address? That would be super helpful. Um, the text number is 877-933-2484. This is reverse share. You guys, we, we have these things called fall share, winter share, spring share, where we ask you to share with us, right? This is the reverse. We're having... I don't know, Carmen Share. This is Mornings with Carmen. Share. We're sharing in reverse. We're sending you books. It's my book, Speak the Truth, How to Bring God Back into Every Conversation. You can get a copy by texting your address, physical mailing address, to 877-933-2484 or emailing me that same information, carmen at myfaithradio.com. Peter Kapsner, thank you for being with us here today. Thank you in advance for coming back on Thursday so you and I can have some substantive conversations um, when I'm not doing reverse share. And All right. Yeah, Thanks, I man. love that, Carmen. Between now and that, I'm actually, we're on a busy street here in studio, and I'm going to go grab a windsock, and I'm going to put just <laughs> Carmen's book out in the corner in the next 24, because I have nothing to do in the summer. In the next 48 hours, I'm going to give away your book here on the corner. <laughs> I love it. I love it. It'd be great. All right. Hey, thank you. Uh, thank you, Peter. Love we'll to be, be right with back. you. All right. So, again, um, thank you to each and every one of you who have texted in. Uh, this has actually proven to be really kind of fun. Uh, Nat, thank you for running the board today. We really appreciate it. And Arcelli wants everybody to know um, that his or her name means God's heavenly altar. I'd love that. Arcelli, have a blessed day. Each and every other person listening, have a blessed day. Thanks in advance for your prayers for me. Get out there and uh, do all the good. Have a great day. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to this podcast of Mornings with Carmen LaBurge from Faith Radio. If you haven't, you can subscribe to automatically receive the podcast through iTunes or the Google Play Music app. 
That way you never miss an episode. It's also available anytime at MyFaithRadio.com.